Did you know CPAs work around the clock on taxes, audits? Yes, it's quite a shock. But business owners, they've got a dream. More tax saving strategies, that's what they need. Welcome to Welcome, everyone, to another insightful episode of Proactive Tax Strategies. I'm Patrice Sikora. Today, we have a fascinating topic to explore, capturing tax deductions on money you are already spending. Now, our host of Proactive Tax Strategies is the owner of Pinnacle Financial Wealth Management and team-based model consultant, Ken New. He will be leading the conversation today, and joining him is Ryan Von Cannon. Ryan Von Cannon, MBA is an award-winning advanced tax strategist and private wealth advisor. He is the founder and managing partner at Swan Virtual Family Office. He's been in the financial services industry for, oh, over 17 years. Ryan has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, won an award for being one of the top advanced tax strategists in the nation at the Money 2.0 conference in December of 2022, and was recognized as the top retirement planner for the state of Indiana, by Wealth and Finance Magazine for 2023. He's also won the 2023 CREA Global Award for being an innovator and thought leader in the finance and tax space, and he's seen as a game changer in those fields. Along with those accolades, Ryan recently was tapped as Mentor of the Year for Advisors and Tax Professionals by Elite Resource Team and was just named the Top Tax and Wealth Strategist of the Year by IAOTP. He's been added to the Leadership Council for the National Small Business Association, where he can advocate in Washington for business owners dealing with tax policies and develop solutions for any tax changes coming down the pike from Congress. He's a major problem solver for business owners, high-wage W-2 earners, and high-net-worth individuals and their families. His diverse background in insurance, advanced tax reduction, wealth management, financing, and business advisory allows him to bring unique strategies to the table for his clients. He looks at the whole picture, while other advisors are more transactional, which is another way he helps his clients sleep well at night. Now, before we get started with Ryan, allow me to turn the show over to our host, Ken New. And Ken, it's all yours. Thank you, Patrice. And welcome, everyone, to Proactive Tax Strategies, where we like to change our clients' mindset from how much do I owe to how much should I save on my taxes, which really is a difference between good tax preparation and great tax advice. So today we're exploring the concept of capturing tax deductions on money you're already spending. I'm excited to welcome our expert guest, Ryan Von Gannon. Ryan, it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, it's great to be here, Ken. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So Ryan, you're well-versed on tax strategies. And today we're looking at these underutilized, often completely overlooked ways to reduce taxes. Uh, so first, tell us a bit about yourself and let's get going on these tax strategies. Yeah, that's great. Sounds great, Ken. Yeah, a little bit about myself. I have been doing quite a bit of advanced tax planning and you know what exactly is that? Um, so I, I started out on a journey a little over 12 years ago. I kept coming across... A lot of clients that just had 
You know, they had tax issues where there were business owners that were looking for some more high impact um, deductions on the business return and or um, highway W two earners or even just business owners that had, you know, a lot of wages, um, a lot of profits from their business. I'm hitting their 1040 and just didn't have any other ideas outside of just the the regular, hey, did you max out your H HSA, the 529, 401k, just things like that, that um, the, I think things with the standard deduction really changes a lot of the the planning that was going on. So I, I kept having all these clients and having these issues and not a lot of answers. So I kind of went out on a expedition or uh, trying to kind of do doing some trailblazing myself and just trying to find these different strategies that I know that I heard about, you know, bil billionaires using and um, I really wanted to bring a lot of these strategies from Wall Street to Main Street to um, help people across the nation. And I found that there were a lot of strategies that people just didn't know about um, that, you know, regular folks could get, you know, take part in and start saving quite a bit on taxes. And kind of the neat thing is that also that some of them also have a cash flowing component to them as well. So not only do you get great incentives to do it from the government, but then you can also make some money off of it as well. So yeah, that's that's a little bit more about us and everything. Yeah, terrific then. So as tax professionals, we're really looking for these overlooked tax strategies. And so what are some of the strategies in your experience that overlooked and maybe just not fully utilized? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think one, um, a great one is the Augusta rule. And kind of a neat fact about the Augusta rule is if there's any golf enthusiasts out there, they're probably familiar with Augusta. But if you're not familiar with golf, you're probably not familiar with Augusta. And Augusta is where the Masters is held on an annual basis. And there was a tax loophole um, that was put into the IRS code that used to be just for the residents of Augusta that would rent out their homes um, for the practice rounds for the Masters for one week and then the actual Masters um, the following week uh, for the tournament. And they decided to make that on more of a national basis. So there's a 14-day rule that you can actually rent out your home, your primary residence, that you just have to show proof of uh, actually owning that home and everything as a business owner. But you can actually write off up to 14 days. Now you do need to get some comparables. You know, it's really easy to do that these days with Airbnb, um, seeing what a similar residence would, might rent out for um, on a daily rate, um, usually maybe getting three different, what I would say comps or comparisons that can be done, but it's a great way to get some tax-free um, income for renting out your house to basically yourself. Um, and so that's a very little known tax strategy that I think a lot of people just didn't know existed for uh, business owners. Um, and they're just kind of making sure that you follow the, the proper steps of the documentation to uh, take part in that and everything. And that's got a, a catchy name to it, the Augusta Rule. Sounds like a kind of a cool thing. Now, if I'm hearing you right, then the Augusta Rule, as it's applied yeah. for a business owner, is they can use their own home for 14 days and get a tax deduction based on what the comparable rates are in their area for if they were to have a meeting or some kind of gathering for business purposes uh, at a hotel or a convention center. They just do it with their home and can get a tax deduction for up to 14 days per year. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. The, the, the revenue generated off of that is actually considered tax-free just need to document that um, with the, like we were saying with the comparables, um, I'm just making sure that it's, 
it's reasonable and not just trying to uh, say that you rent your house out for $15,000 a day if it doesn't really qualify for that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely a great option. I think that, that that's out there that can be added on to a lot of other types of strategies that can be brought to the table for sure. Yeah, yeah. And documentation, documentation is the key, I'm sure, here for you know, making sure that you sleep well with that kind of deduction. But uh, other than that, geez, taking that every year seems to make uh, a whole lot of sense. But here's the catch. Uh, as a CPA and tax professional, how do you effectively communicate the benefits of a rule like the Augusta rule or any of these other kinds of nuances that are available to them and, and help them to understand it? And uh, what are the characteristics that... Uh, that we that you might employ then to help them to understand utilizing these rules. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think for the tax professionals, there's usually two different routes. They'll inform the client um, if they wanted to do that themselves. This is the route. This is the thing. There's the basically the check boxes of what what needs to be done with the comparables issuing the 1099, um, showing the income um, and all of that. Then there's kind of like the done for you, which I think a lot of um, I think a lot of taxpayers kind of like that route a little bit better because they're willing to pay a little bit um, to the tax professional to help help them kind of document everything and not having to necessarily track everything. So I think a lot of tax professionals out there, it's another way for them to kind of do some value-based billing or even do some hourly billing for putting that um, strategy in place. And I know there's a lot of clients out there that say they will do it the right way and then they they don't necessarily do it the right way and, and or they're just too busy to handle it. So they're willing to pay their tax professional to do it for them. And it's a great um, strategy that can definitely be added to the mix of what they're already doing and kind of do some more, what I would say, even kind of basic to intermediate type of tax planning um, that can be really be an, another great source of revenue also for the tax professionals. Yeah, terrific. Uh, any other of these tax deductions and tax reduction strategies that you have that uh, you'd like to share? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there's the using food and travel, um, I think, is making sure that you document that as a as a business owner. I know um, I think there's some some so-called uh, wizards out there on TikTok that say that you can you can uh, write off a bunch of your personal expenses, but if you're using it for travel, even using writing off food and entertainment is a great way to do that. Also, incorporating sometimes if you go on to these conferences, I'm doing this actually coming up here in a couple of weeks. I'm going out to San Diego for uh, the Elite Resource Team um, conference that they have out there, and I'm also going to be staying also some personal days as well. So I'm going to be able to mix in. I won't be able to write off the personal days, but most of the trip I'm going to be able to write off because it is an actual business expense for me to go out there um, as I'll be probably speaking at the conference and also partaking in all the festivities and everything and the education and all that. A great thing on the food, actually, uh, I think a lot of people didn't know about this is that it was called the three martini rule. And the three martini rule was that business would be conducted within three martinis, but after three martinis, it's not considered business anymore. It's considered uh, more private, more personal um, time. So that's that's a little look back into like the 80s, what they called the three martini rule of people, whether they're going out to lunch and or dinner and what, what what's actually considered uh, you know reasonable and customary um, in terms of uh, being, what can be written off in terms of the 80% for the food and everything like that. So I think that's Definitely, like we were kind of saying, I was saying before, the documentation is really key here um, and making sure that you can even document about what was talked about, why, why that meeting happened um, and all of that. So I think there's some great opportunities that 
people just really are not um, either taking full advantage of, or maybe they're just not documenting a lot of that. So that that's, just, that's definitely some areas that I think people can definitely take a look at and make sure that they capture and all of that. Yeah, I think the key here is being able to communicate uh, to our clients the ability to be able to save taxes when they do pay attention to this and document this and be mindful of it. There are some of these tax strategies that very often are difficult to explain to our clients and sometimes are difficult to execute. And one comes to mind, the QCD. And so that qualified charitable deduction is an ability really to save some tax dollars. Could you speak about that for a moment? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the qualified charitable deduction is a great strategy, um, especially if you have some qualified funds. Um, and qualified funds in English <laughs> would be money like in an IRA or maybe rolled over like a 401k into an IRA or Maybe you're rolled over a 403B into an IRA or something like that, where you can basically pull the money out, give it to the charity, um, and then get the tax deduction that I actually have to um, owe taxes on that amount of money. So it's a great way to, A, help the causes in your area, especially here towards the end of the year where you still might be able to take advantage of this great strategy. But it's also helping out the the charities, too. So it's kind of a win-win for everybody on that one. You get to help the charity, and then you also... You don't have to worry about paying taxes on that money, that uh, the money that you pulled out of the qualified plan. Yeah, I, I pull that one out really and chat about it just for a moment, because in my experience, being able to communicate it to not only the client, but also to another tax professional who may be preparing the taxes, sometimes there's a disconnect on how they save money, why mm -hmm. they save mm -hmm. money the nuances of it and very often i've had clients who come in and they've said well geez you know i was suggested to do this qcd or this charitable qualified charitable deduction they told me just to contact the charity contact the 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 custodian and mm -hmm. they would just transfer the funds and take care of it and it never did happen never figured it out and uh so it seems to me that you know some of these strategies, especially in tax reduction strategies, it really requires our ability to be able to communicate to custodians and sponsors and to the charities themselves on how to comply with the tax law and make this happen. And you know, my experience is is that once it's done, it's done. It kind of happens automatically each year. But yeah, um, you have any special. Uh, nuances that make that a little smoother and smooth that out a bit or yeah i think sometimes it, a lot of stuff that we do and a lot of the strategies even the advanced ones that we use i think a part of it is even some education with the client and then there's also some education potentially with the the tax professional and i think the qcd is definitely one that i think most tax professionals um out there are familiar with but sometimes um just a little bit of education of this. Hey, here's the here's the steps that we need to complete to make sure that we're in compliance and making sure that we take full advantage of the strategy. Um, I think that's kind of the point of a lot of the strategies that, that are out there is to make sure you take full advantage of it um, within the confines of the law, but then also making sure that you do uh, maximize what you're trying to do. And a lot of times it's just following the steps and 
Um, just a little bit of education goes a long way, I think, with the definitely with the clients and and every every so often with the with with the tax professional, just making sure we're on the same page and everything. I think having a great relationship with the with the clients, tax professional is always a win win. I think too, so they know what you're doing and then you know what they're doing. <laughs> and I, I, there's quite a few tax professionals we work with nationally, probably over 30 different offices. Um, and I don't know how many times I've been told that, you know, this financial advisor did this and they actually didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> and it caused more, it actually caused a much, a very large uh, taxable event. And I think just some communication just from the advisor that maybe sometimes they, they didn't know what they were doing, or maybe they missed a step that caused it to be more taxable when they, the intent was there to do the right thing, but maybe just the education or this, the process uh, mastery wasn't there in terms of putting it in place correctly. So I think, yeah, definitely communication and just kind of like working as a team, I think usually is in the best interest of the client. So having a great relationship with a financial professional, having a great relationship with a tax professional, and then working with the client and everybody being, you know, rowing in the same direction, so to speak, for the client's benefit is always a win-win, I think, in, in that regard. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I, I think the key, and, and you've said this, and I just want to repeat it again, the key is getting the tax professionals and the financial advisors together to work in unison, in concert with trying to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish for our clients. And a lot of times there's specific language. Uh, a lot of times there's uh, certain procedures and processes that are necessary in order to work in their best interest. And, you know, so we just try to pull together and make all that happen. So much more we could talk about tax deductions and advanced Absolutely. tax deductions, but let's switch gears for a second now and talk to us about the difference between a tax deduction and a tax credit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think this gets confused a lot. <laughs> Not so much with the tax professionals, but I think with the taxpayers and sometimes even the financial professionals out there. So there's, they're both great. Actually, if you can find some strategies that have both of those things um, implemented with it together are great. Those are home runs. So a tax deduction lowers what your taxable income is. So if your taxable income is a million dollars and you have a hundred thousand dollar tax deduction, no matter how you got it, now the 100,000 off the million is $900,000 is now your taxable income. So there's still quite a bit of taxes that are due. I think a lot of people think they get confused about, oh, I thought that was replacing the full amount of the taxes. And like, if you're like in the, you know, the 37% tax bracket federally, that $100,000 tax deduction really equals you saving 37,000 in taxes. Now on the flip side, we've got the tax credits. Tax credits are fantastic. They're kind of hard to get. <laughs> There's not a lot of things out there on purpose, I think, that actually offer tax credits. So let's use that same example. So let's say you've got not even even the 900K and on the on the taxable income. Now let's just say I'm not going to use like an exact number, but let's just say the taxes on that are 300K. So the taxes owed to the IRS is 300,000. Now. If you had two hundred thousand in tax credits, we subtract that off the three hundred thousand you owe to the IRS, not the taxable income, but the actual amount that you owe the IRS that you write the check to, or they've already they've already taken it out of your paycheck. However, that happens. So we subtract that two hundred k off three hundred k. Now um, you only owe a hundred thousand to the IRS, and now you're only writing the check for a hundred thousand. So the the tax credits are really crucial 
um, what you actually subtracting off what you actually owe to the IRS, the tax deductions actually lower what is taxable by the IRS. Um, and like I said, the, the, the best things out there have a little bit of both of those uh, components with them. Um, they're both, we use both of those quite a bit. Um, there's different things we could do on lowering the taxable um, deductions on the business side, you know, the taxable income on the business side. Then we take a look at the 1040 or the joint or personal return and then look at deductions there also as well that we bring to the table. And then there's also tax credits that are available for businesses. And then there's tax credits available uh, for the taxpayer um, on their personal joint or also known as the 1040 return. So I like when you're talking about tax credits that they don't just appear there, that we have to do something to make a tax credit happen. Would that be fair? Yep, that'd be very fair, yep. And so that's kind of the difference between a tax deduction where we're already spending money very often and mm -hmm. uh, we're trying to now take that money that we're already spending and create tax deductions, which, as you pointed out, are not nearly as powerful as a tax credit. And so we'll have an upcoming episode podcast that we will have a conversation about creating uh, tax credits and being able to create and manufacture larger tax deductions and maybe even in concert with deductions. But do uh, you have some examples of what a tax credit might look like uh, and, uh, and how it would work out? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's quite a few different tax credits out there. Um, I think more recently, at least on the business side, um, there was a, the employee retention tax credit. Now, there was quite a bit of fraud with that one, um, but that was a tax credit that is being used by businesses that employ W-2 employees. Um, they had them actually on payroll. So not not the so I know some people call people 1099 contractors at 1099 employees, but they're not technically employees because they're not actually getting a W-2 and all of that. But uh, that was used quite a bit um, to basically as an incentive for businesses to keep people on payroll um, during the pandemic and everything. So that was something that was used in 2020 and 2021 on the business side. Then on the tax credits, on the personal side, on the smaller side, there's the earned income tax credit that a lot of people, if they're under um, a certain income threshold, qualify for. Um, if you're at a higher tax income brackets, then we're talking about things from, oh, there's a lot of things in the energy field. There's tax credits for, you know, getting you know, solar on your house, there's tax credits for um, even electric vehicles. Um, there's a tax credit for that. Um, so, so there's some different incentives that a government puts out that usually a lot of the tax credits that are available are usually some type of incentive to help either business to create more business or to make different things more affordable, like solar or electric vehicles and everything to make them more competitive um, out there. And then like the incentive with the, there's also something for on the business side for, it's called the WOTC, W-O-T-C, or the Work Opportunity Tax Credit. And an employer will get a tax credit for hiring um, different types of people that maybe they wouldn't normally hire. That could be anything from people um, that maybe are on, like their kids could be on Medicaid for health reasons. Maybe maybe they also um, hiring felons, given an incentive for that. Also hiring veterans, um, hiring people that maybe haven't been working in six or, you know, six months or plus that they can also qualify for that work opportunity tax credit. So there's a lot of a lot of different tax credits that are out there that are available. And some of them are only around for a short amount of time, um, like the employee retention tax credit. 
And then other ones have been around for a long time. We'll see how long the electric vehicle ones are around and even the solar. Um, I think the solar got renewed to be to last, I think, till 2032. I think it got renewed for like uh, 10 years. So that was like a, a big win last year that at least that tax credit will be around for solar for at least another 10 years. And it got locked in and or put in stone, so to speak, on that one. So, yeah, there's quite a few incentives that the government has out there for different um, different things to for people to partake in, whether it's business owners or personal uh, people. And then we've also used solar even on, uh, I think we'll probably talk about this more on the on the next uh, podcast and everything, but using actual solar as a as a great tax strategy, advanced tax strategy for the 1040 for um, individuals and or business owners where they actually own a solar project on another business, another nonprofit, like a church or a school. But we could definitely get into that some more on the on the next podcast, but just give them kind of a tease there on that one. Um, but yeah, there's a little bit more about the tax credits on that that are pretty pretty interesting things that people just maybe not have heard of or not taken advantage of. That's a great tease. Uh, it it, yeah. it really is. Uh, the you know the thing is that we've we've gone through this section of the podcast and already revealed all these opportunities and just scratched the surface on money that's already being spent to create tax deductions. And then we can get into more advanced tax deductions. And now we've begun to break the, the mold a little bit about tax credits, which are significantly more valuable to a high taxpayer to be able to reduce that tax burden. Uh, everything fair, everything legal, just yep. doing it in a way that's structured and layered. And, uh, and that's really what advanced tax strategies are all about. Mm -hmm. Look at uh, certain financial circumstances and then being able to understand what the client's doing and make suggestions that would be appropriate uh, in and, and, and begin then to lower significantly in many cases, lower uh, the, the tax burden on a client. And as we start to wrap up here a little bit, just a, a fun, quick question for you. What's the biggest amount? of taxes you ever saved a client? Oh, that's a great question. I, let's see here. I have saved the most I've saved a client. Now I presented um, a tax plan reducing, I think it was a little bit over 16 million. Um, that was the tax plan that we presented to him. We, I think we showed him 12 different, at least 12 different strategies, um, just kind of all layered together. Um, I think he ended up Still, he didn't quite do the full plan. So it kind of blew his mind a little bit. <laughs> he wasn't expecting that. This is all the different opportunities that uh, he had that he just wasn't participating in. But at that time, I think we saved him right over $4.1 million um, on that, just that one client. So there's a lot of opportunity out there that, you know, the more a person makes, the more opportunities of things that they qualify for, um, whether they're a business owner and or just a high wage W-2 earner making over a million dollars or making a couple million or different things like that, that I think a lot of people just think that the, these strategies are only reserved for the billionaires. And there's quite a few strategies that can even go down to people. I think the the sweet spot is about 375K either total household income. So that could be two spouses incomes together or just one, one income or whatever, but it's either AGI, you know, my tax professionals understand adjusted gross income. And then the taxpayers usually understand total household income, but it's, it's, it's essentially the same thing. It's just a matter of just uh, the, the words that are used and everything. So yeah. And the big reason that 375 is kind of the sweet spot is 
finding enough deductions to get over the standard deduction. Um, and the standard deduction for 2023 is 27,700 for a couple. So for us to get the same effect as that standard deduction, we have to create something that is at least 27,700 plus. <laughs> and um, for someone to do that, it usually requires um, them being at least liquid or have investable assets of about 30K which eliminates a lot of the people. So that's why the sweet spot's around 400K for people. So that's a lot of stuff that we look at and what qualifying people for some of the more advanced strategies. But there's still quite a few strategies for people that are making under 400K that they can still participate in, but it's getting over that hump of the standard deduction to really bring some of the some of the higher, higher end strategies to the table that I think a lot of people, oh, I didn't know that worked that way. And it's like, okay, well, let's maximize, like we were kind of talking through the, the deductions that you're already either kind of partaking in or maybe just not quite maximizing that are above the line that we can do. You know, that's the, you know, the 401k, the IRA, the 529, the HSA, um, different things like that, that making sure that they're at least maximizing on those, on those strategies uh, up until they start making over that 400k mark, then it kind of opens the doors to more strategies. And then there's different levels even on up from there that we definitely take a look at. And we do a pretty good job of knowing the numbers and seeing who qualifies for what, because people don't really want to hear about a strategy they don't qualify for. <laughs> uh, it's like trying to get financing for a Lamborghini. It's like, Oh, well, I know I don't, I can't afford it. So I don't really want to know about it. <laughs> well, that's a great example. You know, do the, the low hanging fruit, the stuff that you can just uh, automatically get off on the taxes. And then for those guys that are paying big tax bills, then get creative. And I like what you said. You, you blew his mind because you were saving so much in taxes. Isn't that just, a phenomenal concept. Yeah. And I didn't blow his mind. It was his tax professional as well. <laughs> so yeah. we looked at, yeah, we, we looked at some high impact things on the business return. And then we brought a bunch of stuff to the table that they haven't, haven't even heard of on, on the, on the 1040. And yeah, that really blew his mind. Um, and you know, he, he, he was like, okay, I feel comfortable doing this. And I'm like, Hey, that's okay. I always like to, I like to educate people what's possible with each strategy because each strategy might have a maximum of what can be done with it. You know, sometimes it's a percentage of the AGI. Sometimes it's just a hard number uh, with a strategy. But then you kind of start lining them up next to each other, kind of like Legos, and they start going together very well that, okay, we, we can only go so far with this one, but then this one we can bring right next to it, and they kind of work together really, really well. And then we can bring this other one. Uh, maybe it's a smaller strategy, but when added to the other ones, um, can make a lot of sense too, or at least see that um, see that it's an option. We'd like to show the options, like here's the maximum, Here's the minimum to get into it. And a lot of times, maybe they don't feel comfortable doing the maximum of what can be done, but they definitely feel comfortable. Like, you know, I'll, you know, I'll dip my toe in the pool. I'll do the minimum on that, on that strategy. I kind of like it. it. Sounds interesting and everything. And then uh, kind of go from there. So we've had some clients that kind of dip their toe in the water, really like it. And they end up doing some more of the, the following year. So we're really, really open to just kind of being like the, the advanced tax planning shirt, but we kind of talked through the, the pluses, the minuses of each option. Here's the max, here's the minimum. Um, and just kind of go from there on that. That's great. And I think the key is education and having the patience to be able to help the clients to understand the strategies and of course their advisors and educate them as well on the process uh, this year and next year and the following year. And you keep going down a path of saving more and more tax dollars, then that's more and more that gets banked. Absolutely. Yep. Again, the challenge really is conveying these concepts to our clients and to their advisors. 
and then helping them to accomplish what they're willing to accept and uh, and what the long-term benefits are. And certainly the wealth preservation and minimization of taxes as well. So, uh, so in our next episode, we're going to get into this creation then of tax strategies that didn't exist before uh, and start to begin to focus on tax credits and significantly re re reducing the uh, the tax burden. So uh, that's what the upcoming uh, episodes are going to be all about. Ryan, thank you so much for your time today. That was a great, uh, great chat about tax strategies. Yeah, thank you, Ken. I really appreciate you having me. I had a great time. Gentlemen, that was a fantastic discussion, and I look forward to the next episode. Ken, Ryan, today you shared strategies for capturing tax deductions. And to our listeners, we hope you found today's episode valuable. So stay tuned for more proactive tax strategies in the episodes to come. I'm Patrice Sikora. Thanks for being with us. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the Proactive Tax Strategies podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.pinnaclefinancialwealthmanagement.com or give us a call at 321-454-3623. Investment advisory services offered through Arlate Wealth Management AWA, an SEC registered investment advisor. Pinnacle Financial Wealth Management AWA and AWM are independent entities. Discussions are meant to be general in nature and may not be suitable for all investors. Please consult a tax professional regarding any tax implications.